the woman on my stairs. My house is very haunted, mostly from my sisters always using our Ouija board. I as well am to blame for some of the paranormal experiences in our lives. I have a few ghost friends of my own. They are around my age and there is three of them, Abigail, Addison, and Grace. Grace is the youngest of them all and I don't really like her. She has red eyes and continues to knock down my things on my dresser. Abigail and Addison aren't as bad. They just scare me when they show up next to me without announcement and I don't see them until I turn around. Their dad follows me around. I asked Abigail if she knew and she said, you look like his daughter that's still alive. As soon as I heard her say that I knew he meant no harm. These four ghosts aren't the main part of my story though. There's much more I'll be explaining before the woman on my stairs. I started seeing ghosts at a really young age, seven. Because of how much they scared me, I would have to sleep with my mom almost every night, or at least with someone. At my dad's I wouldn't have those problems because anything that spawned into my mom's house stayed in my mom's house. And occasionally a few days after my grandmother had passed away, I would see her smiling at me when I was sleeping. That would scare me even more, but not as much as it normally would because I had this feeling she wasn't there to hurt me in any way. Instead she was there to protect me from evil that comes into my mom's house. Same thing happened when my great grandma passed away just a few months later of Alzheimer's. Thankfully it was a peaceful death while she was sleeping, but I never got to meet her, which made me quite sad. My sister's cat had also died a few days before my great-grandmother. I still see him walking around our house to this day and sometimes still cry about it because he was such a good boy. But this isn't all the ghosts in my house. My downstairs bathroom, right in front of the stair, is a portal between the paranormal and the living. Many demons and angels, even fallen angels, have come through there during the night when it is the most active. Sometimes when I'm having sleepovers with my friends, we will go down there and a spirit will push something off the counter and those things will occasionally break when they get pushed. One of the spirits managed to get out of the portal and now stays roaming my stairs making them creak and bang at night. Sometimes even peek over the ledge at the top to see what me and my friends are doing. This story has been 100% real. I will write again once something else happens. Starting off with me going to my dad's house. He lives in a beautiful house with his girlfriend and her two kids. Me and her kids are really good friends, but her and her brother are with their dad for a month and a half, so I'll be alone for the time being. But my first night here without her, I saw something funny. A shadowy figure in the hallway, downstairs, lying face down. I started to hear scratching and when I look down, the figure is gone. So me being confused, I walked back into my room and hid under the covers. I heard someone walking up the stairs towards my room. I'm praying it's not what I think it is. I'm praying it's just my dad checking in on me. Keep in mind it's 4.28am. The silence is the second loudest thing I can hear. My breathing is the first. Slower and slower footsteps move toward my door. My sister's room is right next to mine. I know it's not my dad anymore, so now I'm hoping it's going to my sister's room. 
it's not. Under my covers, I try to slow my breathing. It somewhat works. I hear my door creak open. I peek out from the covers and all the lights are on in the hallway and game room. My parents' door is open. I start silently crying because I thought the shadow did something to them. I see the shadow. It floats into the air. I can feel it breathing above me. I close the little hole I can see out of and it starts breathing rapidly. Eventually the breathing stops and my door closes. I couldn't go back to sleep until 7am. A little traumatized from that experience, again, 100% real was not made up. Took me courage to be able to write this and put it out in public. We'll be posting again sometime soon. Have a good day and do something scary. My Paranormal Encounter, eight years ago. I was born in a North African country. Left it for studies, but my family is still living there. Historically speaking, King Solomon had a fight with demons, and after winning, he sent them to my country, or at least in the region, where I was living in as a punishment and reclusion. So the place has a reputation of being a very active paranormal place, especially when it comes to witchcraft and black magic. We are talking about territory of more than 800,000 kilometers. So basically the whole country is a nest of paranormal activities. I was in my late teenage years, maybe 18 or 19, I can't recall this. We were living in kind of a mansion house, three floors, 300 meters squared, so I'll let you imagine how big the thing is. My parents bought the field and constructed the house for almost three years, and during the construction they found a water well with more than three water sources. This was not suspicious when you look closely at this detail. Spirits and demons are always looking for a source of conduction and water seems to be a very good source to them. Anyway, long story short, one cold January night I was chilling on my Xbox 360 on the second floor while my parents were in the basement sleeping deeply, as this place in the house was always the warmest during the winter night and I wanted to stay alone in order to profit from my online gaming nights. I remember that I was completely sober, no lack of sleep, was not tired, and as a person I was always fascinated with the invisible world, but not scared at all. As a Muslim, my religion taught me to stay strong against the invisible world and to understand that each being had its own life and own perception of living. But at the time, I was too young and never experienced anything of the sort. After six hours straight of playing Street Fighter and FIFA, I decided that my eyes were deserving some rest. So I went to the toilet in the front of my room and left the door half open when I came back. I was preparing myself to lay on the pillow when I heard the sound of the door opening. I thought at first that this was caused just by me moving quickly and impacting the door. But when I looked at the door, for what seemed to me like an eternity, I saw a woman. Couldn't see what she looks like, no eye shape or color, just a woman with long blood red hair and a white dress standing in front of me. With some reflection, I think she stayed for about three seconds before coming inside, sitting on the bed next to me. There were two beds because my cousin used to come over a lot, and she told me in a nice voice, you've got a lot of dead people in this house. It may seem nice in English, but not in my local language. I can ensure you that it's one of the creepiest things you may ever hear. 
I jumped out of my bed and ran straight to the basement. I woke my parents up and told them what happened. My father took a tire changing tool, don't ask me why, and went to my bedroom to check if she was still there. And my mother was so calm that I thought I was crazy. It turned out she knew exactly what happened to me and didn't want to overreact. I'm 27 years old now. I left my parents' house two years ago, and from that day, I was never allowed to sleep alone in that room. Three years ago, a friend of my sister, a medium, came for a visit and told us that the house looks like a demons and spirits hotel. We did not know what to do, and I am glad that I am not living in this house anymore, because what I told you now is only the most notable event that happened. Other things like footstep noises, nightmares, things changing places randomly, and side-eye shadows are normal to me now. I had a couple of creepy things happen as a child, but I believe what I had experienced then could not have been real as time went on. I was actually a harsh skeptic over anything paranormal. Despite my disbelief, my friends and I liked to check out rumored to be haunted buildings in the area. I had no belief in this stuff, so I had no fear or problem walking into an abandoned building full of bats and blowing out the candles of a satanic altar or ritual site someone had created there. But one experience in 2010 at an abandoned naval academy in Lake Elsinore changed my mind for good. I had been there a few times before as it became one of the most popular spots for high schoolers to explore. One night, one of my friends brought a Ouija board there, which I played with them without any hesitation or fear. Again, my firm belief at this point in life was that anything paranormal was all BS. And if ghosts and spirits were real, then they could do no physical harm anyway, since I'm alive and they're dead. Absolutely nothing happened while playing with the Ouija board, which is what I expected. This was just another reason for me not to be creeped out by the place despite the satanic symbols and the wall of old magazine covers with eyes gouged out in the basement. Anyway, after an uneventful day there, we had planned to go back with more friends who wanted to see the place. When we returned a couple weeks later, we had a group of about 10. As we walked through the large building, we would occasionally toss old cans and bottles to startle our skittish friend and the couple of girls he brought. I thought it was funny how they were so afraid. My best friend rode with me there that night, and he had told me about paranormal stuff he'd seen in his life, and I harshly criticized him, and I even made fun of him for it too. But this night at the abandoned naval academy led me to apologize to him for all those times I didn't believe him. After some time of exploring the first and second floor with the group, we made our way down a very narrow staircase to the lower underground level. We were just hanging around a bit at this point, and everyone was having a few separate conversations about what to do after. Then my best friend's phone began to ring. It was his strict mom calling. She'd flip if she found out where he was, so I asked the group to keep it down so he could lie to her and say we're at my house. Eventually, the group decided to leave and refused my request for them to wait for me and my friend who was on the phone. Like usual, she wouldn't let him off the hook without giving him an earful. As the rest of the group left the basement and headed up the stairs to the exit, I just stood facing him with my arms crossed waiting for the phone call to end. It was so long that's all I could think about. I could hear the group getting farther and farther away in the building every few seconds, then eventually could only hear my friend and his mom. 
to exit, they had to go to the top floor and across another set of stairs that led to the first floor where the board had been removed from the doorway, so it took a minute to get out of there from where we were. What happened wasn't all that much, but it still gives me goosebumps typing about it right now. After not hearing the rest of the group for a couple of minutes, my friend's phone call finally came to an end as he said, alright, alright, bye, to his mom. His flip phone screen light lit up, bright for a second, displaying the time of the call, and then dimmed immediately. With the sudden flash of light, a bald, transparent person about our height and slightly reddish-gray appeared to my right, his left, just standing there, slightly illuminated, like it was its own dim light source. It was just feet from us, as if it was waiting for us. As soon as I saw it, I only turned my eyeballs at first, and my head followed slowly, and all my hair stood up on end, and I felt cold instantly. I didn't even say a word, and before I turned my head, my friend fumbled for his phone while looking directly at it and covered his mouth, and we watched it clearly standing there, staring ominously for at least five seconds, and then faded away seemingly out of existence. After it vanished, my friend looked right at me and said, Did you effing see that? This made my heart sink, and even more as he described to me right then and there what he saw, and it matched exactly what I saw. This made the dark, long walk out of there actually terrifying with just the two of us. It was so clear, I could see the moonlight coming from the tiny windows reflecting off its eyes, which were the last part to disappear. We didn't run, we just stood there in disbelief for a minute or two, although it was scary. It brought me some assurance that there's something after death. I, female, 19, was raised by two atheists, so I never had any religious understandings of death or reincarnation or communication from those who have passed. This regrettably meant that most of the things I learned about ghosts growing up was through ghost stories meant to scare friends in scary movies. I always took a large interest in psychology, so I'd always find ways to work around or logically explain unusual experiences I had as a kid. Only recently I started to reflect on my experiences through a different eye, due to an experience I had last month that changed my perspective on things. I used to live in Singapore, and I mention this only because Singapore is a small island that was recently developed over the past 50 years and still has a lot of its history tied to its residences now. Many people claim areas of Singapore are haunted. In Singapore, I was raised in a shop house which specifically is tied to Singaporean history. There were lots of unusual experiences I had in that house, but I won't go into detail about them because there's too many, and I want to focus on the big ones. To summarize though, the two places that I believe were haunted in that house were the master bedroom and the top floor. Now to the main focus and what I have the most questions about. If anyone has any theories or similar experiences, I would really appreciate learning about them so that they can give me a greater understanding for what I went through. My mom used to collect antiques or vintage items and there was one in particular, a traditional Chinese wedding dress that she kept in her room next to her bed on a coat hanger. Ever since that was moved into her room, I felt uncomfortable as a child being alone in there, and always had this underlying dread that I didn't understand at the time. 
Over the course of a couple of years, whenever I had nightmares and would go to sleep in her room, I would wake up in the middle of the night and turn to look at the dress as if it was an instinct or as though it had woke me up. I have one particularly vivid memory of sleeping in her room one night and then having a nightmare of someone chasing me. As soon as this woman caught up to me in my dream, I woke up to see a lady next to me on my bedside. She looked to be a young adult and was dressed in traditional Chinese garments, which at the time I wouldn't have been able to imagine because I had no prior knowledge of what Chinese garments looked like except for the wedding dress, but this was different. The woman told me to go back to sleep and finish my dream, but I told her that I didn't know. She insisted that I go back to sleep and try, so I said I would. I asked her who she was, but she just told me to sleep so I turned away from her and knocked my knuckle on my forehead to see if it was real. I felt it. I will never forget the sensation. When I turned back, she was gone. My mother later told me that the paintings next to the dress moved every morning and she had to adjust them each time. After a few years, my mom hired a medium to cleanse the house after issues relating to work, but this medium turned her attention to the dark energy that she felt was present in the house. Without my mother mentioning anything about the dress, this woman led her straight to it and said that this was where the energy was coming from. She told my mom that the dress belonged to a woman who has passed away just before her wedding and was unhappy with where the dress was, so she attached herself to it. To summarize, she said my mom had to get rid of it and return it to a place where the woman would be happy. My mom agreed, and since the dress was gone and the house was cleansed, I had no further paranormal experiences in that house. So this is where my questions come in. I feel as though the ghosts or energies in the house targeted me directly. Everyone who stayed at that house overnight was always eager to leave the next day or would tell me about sensations they would feel in the night. One example is that a friend of mine felt someone breathing on the back of their neck. Many of my childhood friends and neighbors specifically refused to go to sleep on the top floor. Despite this though, I feel as though the most intense and physical interactions happened when I was home alone or when everyone else was asleep. Does anyone know why this may have been? Was there something in particular about me that welcomed that? To finish off tonight's video, we're going to read a creepypasta. This was posted by a user FastDevil on Reddit. It's called The Haunting of Blackwood Manor, A Tale of Eternal Dread. In the heart of a desolate countryside, shrouded in the eternal mist, stood Blackwood Manor, a place where nightmares were born and souls were lost forever. The sprawling estate, with its decaying facade and overgrown gardens, held a secret that whispered through the winds and chilled the bones of all who dared approach. Legend had it that the original owner, Lord Jonathan Blackwood, struck a sinister deal with supernatural forces in exchange for wealth and power. The price he paid was steep, for the manor became a breeding ground for unspeakable horrors. Tales of apparitions roaming the halls, ghastly moans reverberating throughout the night, and eerie lights flickering in the windows spread like wildfire among the townsfolk. One storm-laden evening, a group of daring individuals decided to investigate the rumors and unlock the mysteries that Blackwood Manor held. Ignoring the warnings and armed with nothing but their unwavering curiosity, 
they stepped foot onto the haunted grounds, unknowingly sealing their fates. As they traversed the overgrown pathway leading to the main entrance, a bone-chilling gust of wind swept through, extinguishing their lanterns and leaving them in complete darkness. Fear crept into their hearts, but determination pushed them forward, step by trepidatious step. Upon entering the manor, the air grew heavy with a sense of malevolence. The floorboards groaned beneath their feet, as if the house itself resented their intrusion. Whispers echoed through the corridors, luring the group deeper into the labyrinthian maze of rooms. Each room they encountered seemed to possess a distinct aura of terror. In one, they discovered a collection of grotesque porcelain dolls, their vacant eyes staring into the abyss of their souls. In another, an ancient library filled with forbidden tomes, each whispering forbidden knowledge that threatened to unhinge their sanity. As they delved deeper into the bowels of the manor, their senses were assailed by sights and sounds that defied logic. Shadowy figures danced in the periphery of their vision, disappearing as quickly as they appeared. Flickering candlelight revealed glimpses of long-dead inhabitants, their skeletal remains silently pleading for release. Time became an enigma within Blackwood Manor's walls, for the sun never seemed to rise, and the moon remained obscured behind a veil of perpetual darkness. Days melted into nights, leaving the group disoriented and vulnerable to the sinister forces at play. Friendships frayed as paranoia gnawed at their minds, Whispers turned into accusations, and once-trusted companions became the embodiment of their deepest fears. The thin thread of their collective sanity threatened to snap under the weight of the mansion's malevolent influence. In the darkest corners of the manor, they stumbled upon a hidden door leading to a forgotten cellar. As they descended into the abyss, a cold dread consumed them for they knew they had reached the heart of Blackwood Manor's evil. The air was thick with the stench of decay, and the walls dripped with an unknown substance that seemed to pulse with life of its own. Within the depths of the cellar, they found a sacrificial chamber adorned with symbols etched into the walls. The air cracked with an unholy energy, and an unseen presence taunted them, savoring their despair. It became clear that they were not mere visitors, but unwitting participants in a ritual that bound them to the manor for all eternity. Their screams went unheard, lost in the ethereal void that enveloped Blackwood Manor. Their souls joined the legion of tormented spirits that wandered its cursed halls, forever trapped in a purgatory of their own making. To this day, Blackwood Manor stands as a chilling testament to the depths of human curiosity and the dangers of meddling with forces beyond our comprehension. It serves as a warning to those who dare to venture within its haunted confines, for the malevolence that resides within can never be escaped. The haunting echoes of the lost souls who fell victim to its darkness serve as a constant reminder that some mysteries are better left unsolved, and some doors should never be opened.